Hey everyone, back again. Today we're gonna to talk about the mind-body problem, and this is relevant for what we will discuss on Saturday, so make sure you're subscribed. And in case you're new here, hi, I'm David. I explain philosophical concepts and ideas and ways to make them accessible to you. So if you are new here, subscribe. You'll see videos are released every single week, sometimes twice a week, wouldn't that be great? And then we can all learn together. You can offer your insight, it'll be amazing. If you wanna follow me anywhere other than here, you can find me on Instagram at theory underscore and underscore philosophy or on Twitter at David Guineo or on TikTok at Theory Philosophy. Links for all such things in the description. If you wanna help me out, do all those things I just mentioned, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, who knows, they might get a kick out of it. You can also help me out monetarily via Patreon or PayPal, but no pressure to do that. If you found this on YouTube, you're gonna be able to find it just as an audio format, file thing, whatever, on pretty much any podcast platform under all the same names. And if you found this as a podcast, you're gonna be able to find the video of it on YouTube if you're into that. So. I mean, that'd be fun too, if you want to see my room, my stuffed stuffed seal on the bed, if you're into that. So yeah, let's jump into the mind-body problem. Now, pretty much how the mind-body problem goes is that the mind deals in intangibles, the mind is intangible, whereas the body is tangible. So how the hell do they talk to one another? How does the body have any effect on the mind and vice versa? And this is a fundamental problem in the history of philosophy and one that hasn't really been resolved. Some people have proposed that, well, sure, the mind conjures up mental images, but we can explain how these mental images appear physically. You know, we can look at the brain, we can identify all the firing neurons and be like, okay, this is how the brain works. But embedded within this observation is a concession. And the concession is that things in the world that you are contemplating, that you are imagining in your brain, somehow get transformed from being things in the world through your brain processes, the physical processes, and then end up into something intangible in the image in your brain. So let's take, for example, a coffee cup. If I imagine a coffee cup in my brain, I can identify all the firing neurons and all of that But at no point in my observation of these firing neurons am I gonna observe a coffee cup. At the end of the day, what you have are physical processes as minute as the firing of neurons, but somehow they are delivered in such a perfect way as to make it so that my mind can conjure up an image of something in here without taking up any space, without having any shape. Your mind is just able to create things. It's like a space in your mind that is not actually space. You imagine a coffee cup, you're imagining it within space, but it isn't within space. It is totally an abstraction, just completely outside of the realm of space. Now, even through this process, if I imagine a coffee cup, my ability to imagine things in the world, things that I've seen in the world or anything like that, or something completely new through my imagination, is possible because of my specific experience as myself and as a human with the senses that I have in seeing things in the world and having experiences in the world as a human, as myself, really specifically, my own history, my own understanding of the world. How do I then know that the end image that I conjure up, let's say it's a coffee cup that I'm imagining in my brain, actually resembles what a coffee cup looks like universally? Clearly, it does not. Clearly, it is just going to be an image in my brain that makes sense to me as to what a coffee cup is. To a bat, it might be totally different. To another human, 
it might be totally different. Does this say anything about the coffee cup? I have no idea, but it certainly says a lot about our capacity to actually create an image in our brain. So we might all have the same physical processes between you and I, between us and animals, between us and Martians, if Martians exist. That is, we can explain all of these physical properties of our minds, but still, we cannot be certain that this end result, even if we have the same physical processes, is going to be the same among everyone. So there's something else going on here, that is, the physical world and our physical processes only have some effect on the end result of a mental image. So there's always going to be some kind of remainder to our physical analysis. If we just reduce the world to everything physical, our brain to everything physical, just reduce everything to body, we can't fully explain what goes on in consciousness in our minds. And hence, the mind-body problem persists. We cannot actually resolve it that way. Especially now, if we complicate it further by saying like, well, how is it then that mental processes can affect our physical life? I mean, take mental trauma or suffering someone suffering from mental illness that can manifest itself physically in the body, even though it is very much, it, it can exist totally in the realm of the intangibles. Things that haunt you might not necessarily be phys visible physically or People might have the same kind of stimulation or firing of the same neurons, but the result be different. So in both directions, either looking at it entirely physically, entirely mentally, we cannot make total sense of this dynamic. Can you have a mind without a body? And can you have a body without the mind? You know, the mind being the thing that is actually dealing in intangibles, that is actually able to give expression to, to everything that we know. Because as humans, our relationship to ourselves is filtered through our own senses. I know what I look like through my eyeballs, which then transforms data from light into my brain, and my brain then gives me an image. Whether or not that actually corresponds to what I am in, like, truthfully, who, no one, who, who has any idea? Same with music, same with anything else. Everything is going to be filtered. And so we are just left to kind of assume that what we have is correct, but there's this tension between these intangibles that emerge in mental images versus you know, these real physical things in the world that we take to be true, universal, like we're seeing them as they are, but there's always this tension at play here. And this raises a number of other questions. What does this mean for artificial intelligence? What does this mean for efforts to try to recreate brains or the ability for generative AI to actually act like a human? In order for it to act like a human, it would need to have memory, it would need to have history, it would need to have everything that makes a human a human. But if it doesn't have a body, is it actually able to have experience, which can then provide it the foundations for being a human? Does it have the capacity to actually organize thoughts in a way that makes the mind special to deal purely with intangibles? I mean, I don't know if the robot is ever thinking on its own, likely not, but if it was, what would that even look like? I mean, it would mostly be us imparting our idea about what consciousness is onto the machine, getting it to replicate it. But fundamentally, that opposes then the very foundations of what makes consciousness consciousness. And that is, it is specific to each person, specific to each species. Like, everyone is going to have a different experience with it. And in the case of machinery, artificial intelligence, it is just 
placed onto it instead of it developing it organically itself. So can it then be said to really be intelligent in the human sense? Like who knows? I mean, these are all questions that that we can really engage with here. I'd love to hear what any of you have to say about it because it's such such an interesting dilemma and a fascinating problem. So some people in the history of philosophy have posed some kind of ostensible solutions to this. Spinoza is like, well, yeah, the body deals in the realm of space, the mind deals in the realm of thought, both of which are handed down to us by God. They are both attributes of God's infinite attributes of thinking and of existing in space. And so that's why we have them. And that's why they're able to coordinate and exist together and interact with one another coming from this same point. That's one explanation. Kant is like the body exists in space, whereas the mind works in the realm of time. That is when you imagine something in your brain, it's not taking up space, it's taking up time because you experience it as a function of time, the duration of time that it's you're holding it in your mind and that gives it existence. It has to exist in some realm of time, even if it's not existing in space or the space is artificial. And both space and time here are pure objects, sensible objects of the intuition, not totally important there. But because of that, they develop this harmony between the body and the mind. And so there's this general confluence between the two. Then you have Descartes, who's Descartes, Descartes, who's like, oh, well, really the mind, we, we know that to be true. The body, we can maybe not so sure of. We know that the body and like the world and stuff exist as substance, as just taking up space. And so it exists in that way, which isn't a totally satisfactory answer. And even Descartes at one point is like, oh, well, it's the pineal gland. That's what connects the two, but that's just another physical thing being like, it's the physical thing causing the mental thing and still the problem persists. And you know, so many people take on this problem, there's no answer, but that's why to you, what is the solution? If you know, I'd love to hear about it. Be as speculative as you want, like really dig into it here. Are you satisfied with other people's explanations? Maybe you're dissatisfied. Maybe you're dissatisfied with the way that I presented it. Maybe there's a key element about it that you think need to be highlighted. Throw them in. I can pin comments, I'm very powerful in that way, and everyone can see, and they can learn from your deep and vast wisdom. And yeah, on that note, if you like what I did, like, share, subscribe, and stay tuned for subscribe, and stay tuned for Saturday, where there's gonna be a little bit more about this. On that note, take care.